Hello everyone, welcome back to the Hawkins Do Copy podcast. My name is Ren. And my name is Emily and in this podcast we talk about all things Stranger Things and all things Stranger Things for... Ah. Yes, <laughs> this episode is our initial thoughts on season four volume one and then once we've done this episode over the next few weeks we will do um episode by episode episodes but today is just an initial overview thoughts brain just splurting everything out that being said if you have not seen stranger things season four volume one yet and you really don't want spoilers and you really don't want to know and you don't know what happens at the end you don't know the twists first of all why not? <laughs> yeah, why not? Have, why have you not watched season four, volume one yet? But if you haven't and you're still watching it and you're taking your time and you're savouring the season, that is wonderful. And as much as we do not want to turn people away from the podcast because we love sharing our thoughts and we love hearing your thoughts, this episode is going to be so spoilery that we don't want to spoil it for you if you are not someone that wants the spoilers. So go away, watch the season, have fun, have thoughts, and then come back when you are ready to discuss with us season four, volume one. Or at least until you find out um, about Redacted. Uh, that's, <laughs> I think that that's the bit really to watch, watch out for. Find out about the Redacted yeah. first and then come back to us then. But before you do that, if you want to hear us talk about season four and things that are sometimes eerily close about season four, there are many places you can do that. And those places are wherever you find a podcast or if you want some more details on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon Music and Audible.com at Hawkins View Copy. And then on social media at Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at Hawkins Podcast or YouTube and Tumblr at Hawkins View Copy. And at some point, HawkinsViewCopy.com. Fun fact about that intro we went to the Stranger Things event you've probably seen it we put it on social media yeah um, on the 26th yes so the day before season four came out bit of a time with it but we got in and it was a lot of fun and there was I want to know where they they did a couple of interviews after and I, I want to know where these interviews are going because I've been searching social media and they are nowhere currently as of yet and they they asked a question about the podcast it's like so where can you find it and I just spewed out all of that Emily did the real. She did the real. It was great. It was like put on the spot as well. But you did it. You did it. I did it. And I think the woman like behind, she was lovely. I think she was laughing a bit. And I was like, all I could see is you doing that. I was like, I can't help it. It's just, it's, it's just coming out. It's just constant flow. Anyway. You had to do it. Season four, initial thoughts. Just a couple of words. Go. I really liked it. And it's my second favorite season. Yes, I agree. I it's cl- it was close to season two, agreed. Me, but there was a couple of couple of things that brought season four down just a little bit. That might change when obviously volume two comes out because mm-hmm. obviously we d- we don't really know what's going on with that. No. I, I don't think wherever you look on the internet, if you are someone that likes to look for things, um, yeah. I don't think really anyone knows what's going on in volume two. No, yeah, I agree with you. I think it's my second favorite one. Two four one. It's funny how that we just skipped the number three. We're making strange things. I don't really know how that happened. That was odd. Yeah, that is my favorite. That is also my order. Two four one three. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, but yeah, no, there were a couple of uh, inconsistencies, but hopefully those are things that we will get the answers for later on in season four, and then also obviously in season five. Matt and Ross Duffer have said that there will still be some 
revelations in season five. So I definitely think that we will get answers to things and they do care a lot about it. So they will make sure that things are as wrapped up as possible. There is some things that like <laughs> just don't make sense and I don't know how they're going to come back from it not making sense but we we shall see but overall I really 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 did like the season it felt like I was watching seven movies in less than 24 hours but the overall theme and like how they did it like I think it wasn't even Vecna as a villain that scared like looking at him didn't scare me like I didn't look at Vecna and be like you're scary it was more the way that they went about making it feel so horror movie-esque but in really subtle ways so one really like standout bit was when they were at the trailer park and they say about that being where Chrissy was killed and then they're sort of like is it safe to be here and they kind of all look around and the laundry just blows and that like that gave me chills like that genuinely and it was such a subtle moment but like those things are more that's more scary because it's kind of more of like the unknown and you don't know who's lurking and what's around kind of like when i said that the noises and the sounds of like the children screaming in the lab yeah, yeah, yeah. that does a lot more for me than kind of seeing the aftermath yeah of it all because it's like kind of imagining and what could be happening i think actually that's something that vecna himself mm-hmm. tackles quite well because I'm guessing it's only really that last minute that yeah. you see him, that he makes actually himself known. So you have this whole time where it's so in your head and you're imagining what's going on and there's the clock, and which clearly is also meant to symbolise running out of time, but also yeah. has that little reference in episode seven as to why in particular a clock is used. Um, yep. And yeah, for me, it gave me the the best of both worlds yeah. with that because it also then had like the nice payoff actually that when you did eventually see Vecna it was only really until that very last moment that you saw a full face it was a lot of hands and mm-hmm. what what's under this kind of like why the Demogorgon worked in season one that you could yeah. see outlines and figures and then it was only then you had that reveal it's like oh okay this is horrifying yeah on that note though I never thought I'd be so happy to see a Demogorgon again in my life <laughs> as I was in that episode. I was like, oh, give it to me, give it to me. And you had all the sounds. And I think what helped, because you saw that everyone else was kind of like, we don't know what this monster looks like. And then Hopper knows. And then we know as well. We're like, they're not ready for this. And then when yeah. it came in and was absolutely like worse than I remember it Do, being. But like, no, so I genuinely... I wrote this down. So I was making like notes per episode um, and some of them were just like really messy. Like I need to go and properly sort them out. But I was making notes per episode. That Demogorgon was like a Demogorgon on steroids. Like it was like a jacked up Demogorgon. I refuse to believe that that is what the Demogorgons were like. I think they've done something to it. I feel like it's Mm. like a modified Demogorgon, genuinely. Mm. I really thought I was nearly right at one point and then Hopper was like no you're wrong when they were like oh. when they were talking when they were having that meal it's like yeah he wants us to be prepared because we're training this mm-hmm. oh my gosh I guessed it I guessed it and then Hopper's like no you're feeding it nutrients so, oh, yeah Hopper, hop give me just no. give me my one crumb of being no. correct 
<laughs> yeah, I thought the same with the Demogorgon. Like, it was really good to see, but I definitely do think they've done something to it. And I think that kind of fits in when you see that teaser for volume two, where yeah. it looks like, okay, a, a museum of upside down creatures, kind of like frozen, yeah. and then, I'm sorry, but the Mind Flayer? <laughs> yeah. We, we, have we, have we, that can't be the full Mind Flayer because the Mind Flayer is massive. So what part of this is it yeah. is it like they've kind of like what was you know when it was inside will yeah and then there was that part of it that was released and then that's why billy thing happened so is that what they've kind of trapped or yeah. i don't know but i was so also relieved to see the mind flare that we haven't <laughs> forgotten about him he was getting his references in episode he six was. or seven i think or, yeah skim it up for the mind flare we remembered he's a villain <laughs> Yeah, I um I have a theory about that and I think that when they say he, it is actually Vecna. So like when Will says like he likes it cold, I think that the he is the Vecna and I think that the other like denizens of the upside down kind of work for Vecna. There are definitely that's definitely not a solid theory. There are definitely things that are inconsistent within that but I was saying to you last night when I was texting it out like is it that Vecna can send out certain things so like he sends out a bit like a bit like how every so often or every 27 years Pennywise will come back into Derry mostly as a clown but as people's worst fears kill people take the nutrients and the food that he needs and then we'll go away for another 27 years until he's hungry again. I mean, that's kind of exactly what is happening really with season four, let's be honest. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. So like, at first, did Vecna say, okay, well, I'll send Demogorgons out. So he used to do that. He sends out a Demogorgon, it captures Will, brings him into the Upside Down, but somehow Will is able to survive, that's able to be there. So that happens. Then... Vecna's like, well, that's annoying. So sends out the mind flare to try and get Will again. Once again, they survive. And it's like these people that are aware of what's going on and they're able to kind of fight against it. And then I'm just wondering if it's got to this point where Vecna's kind of like, I've got to do it myself. Because it's all so close. And there are definitely inconsistencies with that theory. Like, it's not a solid theory at all. But it does make me wonder with that. Because, obviously, he was able to control the Demobats. Like, when Steve goes into Watergate, those Demobats, they were trying to stop Steve from... Because of Vecna, if that makes sense. Like, that is, he's definitely th- controlling them. So Why, I said built in his image. No, but that's, but that's exactly that. it. That's it. I do want to know the evolutionary science behind Demobat still. Um, but no, definitely, I, I, I think that, that that's how it works. And yeah, it, it doesn't make sense how Russia had the Demogorgon and then how they were able to have these other things. But it does make me wonder if that's what it is. So then essentially when Will says he likes it cold and he doesn't mm. like that. And when he does the eye searchy thing, like that's very... Vecna and it makes me wonder if that's actually what it's been the whole time but yeah the eye searching thing and the the true side so to speak is very the numbers so I I do wonder if I mean Peter Ballard slash Henry Creel slash Vecna if we think about what he said to Elle in that last episode kind of giving a chance of like join me and we can do this together because essentially he sensed even though we he did absolutely betray Elle's trust Yes. There was that kind of a sense of you're strong, I'm strong, 
we can deal with this together and rule over. It does make me wonder. She's like eight at that point. Yeah. It does make me wonder if, not to be like, that's kind of how he felt with Will. But Will, he saw with Will, there is a boy that has somehow managed to survive. Yeah. The thing that he's been trapped in and also has Mm -hmm. got out. He probably also knew that Elle made some contact with him while he was on the inside. So he's kind of gone, hang on. So Eleven is still alive. Mm -hmm. And so when Will gets out, he's clearly been altered by the upside yeah. down oh yeah, yeah he's got stuff left over yeah definitely exactly so i wonder if it is purely a thing of he can be useful to me because there is not to be like there is some kind of strength but do you know what i mean there's a, yeah, 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 there's 100%. some kind of thing of there was a song included and that's kind of how my dad survived it yeah and he's now in the world let's use a mind flayer uh, or however the mind flayer is involved i i, I still don't quite know like as you said where that's going with that and let's literally figure out let's map out this entire town yeah and know where we are because as we got the revelation the upside down is stuck in 1983 which is really interesting that obviously that needs to be really explained but yeah the day will went missing not just for any 1983 the day will went missing yeah. so there's been a lot of conflicting things about this as well that it makes sense because that's when Elle essentially established the connection. I assume it happened that or, day. And like reopened the gate maybe. Yeah. But then the upside down that we see when she actually originally does that in 1979 looks nothing like the upside down then. And in fact is mm-hmm. kind of what we see with the Mind Flayer, with mm-hmm. the red and the lightning. So, and there's been a lot of people saying as well, so why wouldn't it be stuck in that time then? Yeah. And also, did Elle then literally create the Upside Down? Because, yeah. so I think in regards did she to the Upside Down. and put him in it? Yeah. So in regards to the Upside Down, I think we're going to get, I think the answer to that will come in volume two. Yeah. And I wouldn't I be surprised, please give me it, if we got maybe even a slight more indication of what actually kind of went on with will because we yeah. do know and that was kind of resolved in season two but then there were hints in season three that he still got a connection and then there's that clip that's been giving me more anxiety than i already have of him <laughs> once again touching his neck so there's something going on and noah snap posting a picture in a harness noah snap does not need a harness in volume one so we've been very stressed that he will arrive in hawkins and uh, Vecna will possess him. And should I stay or should I go might be the song that brings him out once again. Because there have been hints with the music throughout. That have. So this isn't new to season four. I mean, we got that wonderful sequence at the end of episode four, which Brilliant. is just amazing, really. And I need Brilliant. the version that they used with the accompaniment um, to running up that hill. But obviously we know that in season one, should I stay or should I go, he was singing that to himself essentially to keep him happy. Yeah. And we're all like, oh, it's kind of a metaphor as well. and Which, I mean, yes, I guess it is. Does he stay or should he go? Um, but that music kept being turned on. In season two, that's the song they also used to kind of bring him back. Mm-hmm. Like, rather than just have the mind flare there. Yeah. So there's been little hints throughout yeah. that the music isn't a new thing. So 
it'll be interesting. And there was a shocking amount of references to Will throughout season four. There was. And I'm like, don't do it. Don't do this to me. Because every time he was mentioned, I'm just like, I'm just filled with more and more fear <laughs> that something else is going to happen. And I, I'm not emotionally ready for where my mind is telling me. <laughs> I think go. I feel like Will is OK until season five. I don't think they'd kill Will off now. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if a season five, he definitely wasn't safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not secure with him in season five. But I am not at all now. I no. For a while, I was. But now I'm not now. But now I'm not. And I think one thing that maybe does give me a bit of hope that they're not going to do it in season four is because it would be the quotes, unquote, kill your gaze uh, trope yeah, in the worst much. possible way. Especially since they are very clearly giving a lot of a lot of hints to his feelings and Finn Wolfhard full out just being like, Yeah, Will's love for Mike <laughs> and the way he does that is beautiful. So I feel like if they if they did all of that to then just be like, Oh, painting, now he's dead, it yeah. would be very uh... I cannot believe that we are genuinely at the point where there are discussions on the internet that are, but wait, they're not actually going to get together, right? (laughs) I know. And this is the thing that is, I have seen a few complaints from this aspect that I'm not entirely mad at the unrequited love triangle no because i kind of expected it to be unrequited and i think will does as well like i don't think will is out there thinking i'm going to steal my sister's boyfriend he's out there thinking Mm. i am 15 i have a crush he's also my best friend like of course he's gonna be very like heart-eyed and want to you know make him things you know he's made him this painting and stuff like but like of course he's gonna want to do that but i don't think at any point he's expecting mike to be like i've dumped l well, let's go, let's get together. Like, I don't think he's expecting that at all. And of course, you are going to get moments where you get the the cool, cool, cool. scene and then Mike leaves the room and was like, painting, grab it. And I think, <laughs> of course, you're going to have that because, you know, uh, as we said, he's, I'm going to imagine this is probably his first real crush. Yeah. Even if this is a crush that's probably going on a while, this is pro- probably the first time he's actually fully gone, oh my God, okay. That's what that's yeah. what this is. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I think Mike could say to him, "You know what? You're a really cool friend," and he'd be like, "Oh my gosh, he's my cool friend." Heart eyes. You know what I mean? That inside he's going to be 100%. doing one hundred percent. The thing that I think is a bit of an issue, and I think the issue comes more with the fact you are seeing Mike through Will's eyes. Yeah, and that yeah, is yeah, all I are. will say on the matter. I think because you're seeing the way, essentially, that Will is looking at Mike and yeah. is a lot of focus on that. It. <laughs> There is kind of like a weird sort of thing of I don't quite know where the show wants me to go. Yeah, does it want me to be like, I can't wait until Mike and Ella reunited and he can say I love you? Yeah. Or is it that I'm waiting for him to realise that the reason why he hasn't said I love you is because he doesn't love her romantically? And I didn't think we'd be at this point. And the internet didn't think we'd be at this point either. No, and I think it's causing a lot of confusion. And... I think, I mean, you're obviously going to get it in volume two and I am fully expecting that Mike is going to turn around to Elle and be like, it's because I love you and and stuff like that. And you're definitely going to get that. But they have kind of put themselves into a bit of a corner 
mm-hmm. at the moment, I think, where it's coming across a little bit, I don't want to say baiting. A tiny bit. But it a is tiny a little, bit. You know what I mean? The, I would say a tiny bit, yeah. I would, I would argue, because I thought that we would see a lot more of it being kind of unrequited on Will's side. That was what I was fully anticipating. Yeah. Like, And I think, to be honest, I think you are. And you are, but it you I think but because you're kind of seeing it through Will and you're getting a lot of longing glances, even though it's then kind tender of tender emotional music. Yeah, tender emotional music. You're getting a lot of that. And I think but I think because you're seeing it through Will's perspective and not through Mike's perspective, that it's coming across a little bit Rose tinted glasses. Yes, I think that that's what it is. And I think that is the worry. Yeah, I agree. I get that. I get mm. that. I agree. At the same time, though, every time Will even gives Mike a glance, I feel like my Bless heart is just him. breaking that airport scene when he doesn't get the hug and then he doesn't give the painting, which I need to know what this painting is. This is kidding It's me. the swing set. I'm telling it's, you now, yeah. it is the swing set. It's going to be something like that. Or it's like a painting of Mike. Like the D and D, because he knows Mike's in the Hellfire Club, or assumes he's Mike's in the Hellfire Club. Does he? Because they haven't been speaking for a year. I mean, yeah, but is it like a painting of Mike in his D and D? Do you like how he drew himself as Will the Wise? Maybe I've seen a few people be as well as it Mike, Will, and L. But this is one thing that frustrates me: that why why are we not giving Noah Schnapp more material to work with? And it's the same with Finn Wolfhard, to be honest. not mm-hmm. anything regards to shipping or anything like that. But I think they are showing so much with their faces. Like, so much with their faces. Yeah, and, yeah, 100%. I mean, as I said, the Will makes one glance and you can really tell with his eyes what he's thinking and how he's feeling. And I think if you've got two actors that can do that, why are we not giving them so much material? But at the same time, though, I am glad that we are seeing Mike again a bit more i mean we're getting there and i feel like he's not so trapped in the boyfriend box even though there are clearly references to him being like oh i just want to tell l why can't i tell l i love her and stuff like that even though that's going on it's nice to see him kind of being really proactive i really want to because this is something that i'm like really excited about that i really loved about the show is with like references to the horror and stuff very Very nightmare nightmare even the music where Vecna is about to kill. Vecna's hands was very like Freddy Krueger's hands, like going along. Like, I think that was done really well. But if you guys have been listening to the podcast for a while, you will know that um, me and Emily actually did the Video Store Fridays and we used the influences that they gave and we made notes as to what they could be. And one of the influences is the ring. And we said, the ring parent knows a child is different will question mark l question mark other numbers question mark i mean we weren't quite on it but we're taking it we're taking that as a win because other numbers different you know maybe that's a thing that's there was a child and the parents knew that that child was different um well one of the children one of the children one of one of the parents <laughs> knew that the child was different and also in the ring it is samara's mum that thinks that samara is different which actually happens with episode seven as well yep 
I thought, though, that there were really good references that were subtle references and references that if you hadn't seen The Ring, you wouldn't be like, I don't know what that means, because they were done really well. But the way that Max, it was the big moment for me was the way that Max was talking about, oh, Chrissy got the headache seven days ago, Fred got the headaches six days ago, then they had their first visions. She's like, I started getting headaches five days ago and I saw the clock. So I'm going to die tomorrow. And that was really reminiscent of the you're going to die in seven days. And then that kind of the things that you start to see after you've watched the video and the stuff that's in the video itself. Like I always remember there's there's a ladder in that video because the ring terrified me. Like the ring is one horror film. Like, the remake with Naomi Watts and then also the original Japanese Ringu, they are both genuinely some of the scariest horror films I've seen. And there's a bit in the video where it's a ladder leaning against the wall, and I think it's her that goes to a walker. It might have been the boy, the little boy, Aiden, in the remake. They're walking and they see a ladder, like, leant against the wall in the same way, and it just gave that sort of moment really reminiscent to the way the clock is and the way that then you don't see the thing that's going to kill you until the last second which is what happens with Vecna and I just I loved the way that they incorporated that as an influence because it was such a subtle influence but it was done so well they took the best parts of that horror and brought it over to Stranger Mm. Things and that was really good no yeah like the thing that did it with me um, there's a reference to the ring and I remember thinking it's actually I was doing it it wasn't so much the seven days it was the faces and like the expressions they had yep. once I'd been killed um, like with the jaw mm-hmm. and just like the mouth being open wide and just horrifying twisted and which is one shot I remember <laughs> when we were when I was watching the ring years and years ago it would have been like the remake version and I always said like oh I'm traumatized for life um in that expression yeah. of that I'm just seeing how the faces mm-hmm. were in that it took me mm-hmm. right back to that moment I thought I don't like this there were a couple of moments I had to look away I thought I don't want to see what this looks like anymore and just yeah then mm. um, I think you you were saying earlier when we were talking about this um it's the bit with Aiden's dad like her him and Naomi Watts' character have just gotten back together kind of kind of as she goes up to see him in the loft and yeah the chair spins around and his face is just and that was yeah. really reminiscent of the way that the people were killed and how their bodies were so like distorted and oh it was it was so good like that was honestly one of my favorite parts of the season is the way that they incorporated that horror like especially the Hawkins stuff like oh my god that was I loved that I loved that was like one of the highlights of the season for me I thought that was done so well one thing that was a bit uh, I wasn't completely mad about it I felt like we spent too much time on it was the jock storyline especially once Lucas had departed. <laughs> was I kind of he was for me. I I didn't mind Jason. I didn't mind him. I wasn't as mad about him as I thought I was going to be. But what I didn't need was him making these big speeches. I know <laughs> two big speeches. I can understand the first one at the pep rally. I understand that, but in front of everyone, <laughs> I when he was like Hopper, Hopper died. So yeah. we're going to win this match. And I was like, that sums up that. That is that is just the jock stereotype, isn't it? Yeah, that's me. I didn't mind that one. It's when they were all at the town hall that I just thought, I I get I get why it's happening, but I thought there was a better character 
to show this with than yeah. to use Jason, who I don't really care about. No. That was my thing. I think there was too much focus on him, and I thought, I don't care about you as much as I do with the other characters. Like Chrissy, for example. I love Chrissy. She could say two words. I was like, Chrissy, Chrissy. I know you're going to die, but let's, but let's I love not do you. that. And that moment with Eddie as well, when they're having that chat, and she was finally yeah. smiling, I thought, oh... They could have been great. <laughs> they could have. And yeah, I I really liked her as a character. And I know what you mean with Jason. And I know what they were trying to do with Jason. Yeah. It was that typical, like, summer camp turns. Mm. Um, you know, like Friday the 13th, yeah. for and example. And also he was a complete metaphor for satanic panic stuff Yes, going he on. was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He immediately had kind of latched onto the fact that Eddie was the new host for the devil and yeah. that all of this was happening because mm-hmm. of this and stuff like that. So I, I, yeah. I get it from that aspect. But I just... You could have used the wheelers a bit more for that. The thing... You said about the wheelers, though, and then also the town hall. I really loved the way that everyone ran out. And then Claudia Henderson, hmm. the Sinclairs, and the wheelers shared that look. And it was an immediate we are protecting our children. I loved that. That was one of my favourite moments this season. Like, the way that the parents banded together. I was like, yeah. I love this. And I know that when they were being questioned, they were kind of arguing a little bit and there was a bit of tension. But I loved that. And I know they knew Nancy was kind of involved a bit. But the way that Mike wasn't even there and Karen and Ted still banded with the Sinclairs and Claudia Henderson to try and make sure that their children were safe i really 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 enjoyed that yeah I, i'm glad that we remembered that they do have parents <laughs> yeah <laughs> i genuinely thought we wouldn't be seeing lucas's parents ever again ever again it was done really well i i really liked that karen and ted let mike go on his own though <laughs> wild i just can't believe they let him get on a plane just let the if we're going by the comics, which obviously are no longer canon at all, he is 14 years old at that point. It's not his birthday yet. He's still got a few more days, a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, I'm letting a 14-year-old get on a plane, cross-country, on his own. And especially in that in that outfit. You mean to tell uh, don't me, even talk to me about that outfit. Wheeler, Karen Wheeler let him get on a plane wearing that? I do not think do so. Do not talk to me about that outfit. Uh, like I mean you know that Will Byers is completely whipped for the boy where he showed up in that outfit and he was still like Mike <laughs> same with Elle I mean if if I was both of them I'd be like uh, mm. yeah. it is allowed if, if an adult drops you at the airport you then have like an airport guide who then will see you onto the plane and then as long as you are then collected by another adult, at which point it would have been Jonathan. I'm assuming Jonathan is 18 at that point. Then it is allowed. But yeah, that was that was surprising. But um, I, I really liked the way that the parents did kind of like come together with that. And they also weren't like... Karen obviously rolls her eyes a little bit about D&D. And she always has done. But she doesn't tell him he has to stop. And the Sinclairs as well, like, you know, Erica's involved with it as well now. They don't tell Erica she has to stop. Like, there's a few comments in the Erica the Great comic, but I I do actually really like the way that their parents are with it. I, 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 I liked that bit. I, that, was a, that was a good bit for me. No, yeah, I, I completely agree. I think it was just really nice to see all the parents 
band together a little bit, even if they don't completely know what's going on. And it's funny you say about the comics. I mean, I think it's fair to say that everything is completely not canon. No. Any more apart from the fact no. they've never mentioned number one? Uh, that, that's the only thing. Darkness on the Edge of Town can still be canon. The Will Byers comics, they still technically count. And what's interesting about that is that the way he uses the lights is yeah. absolutely referenced um, with Nancy because she does exactly the same thing, kind of uses her fingers to then mm-hmm. send the message through. So I thought that was a nice little, nice little thing. And I wonder if that was communicated with you know I, I think i think it makes sense because that's such a specific thing to pick up on yeah um, that you can't really make that up either that or they looked at the comments well you know what that's really quite clever. Like that. i like that i'm gonna steal that um i feel like they have been told um some of the comics will be some of the bonus content will be redundant here is a blanket answer to any questions because um, someone asked Maya Hawke about... It's about Barb, wasn't it? Barb, about, about how Robin used to be friends with Barb, so her and Nancy have things in common, and Maya immediately was like, the thing with that is that story was written by um, someone that wasn't on the like official team, so it's a different take on the same character, almost in a different universe. So yeah. essentially confirming, like, it, they're not real. They're not canon. <laughs> it's, no. like, it's like a multiverse of these characters so um yeah i mean rebel robin does kind of still work runaway max does um and yeah the will comics do and even like the bob comic does um, yeah i think out of all the will comic is probably the strongest yeah i agree because i think there's a lot of things that actually seeing season four make even more sense so like at the end when he kind of sees his parents no not his parents where he kind of sees his mum and jonathan as skeletons and yep. looking like zombies that fits a lot more um the fact where he sees the mind flare and then the mind flare is going to be an absolute question um yeah throughout. how does how, how does russia have that please but him seeing that makes mm-hmm. sense and actually he sees that in a really red area doesn't he he does yeah so i mean obviously we don't see the cruel house within that but there are there are long story short if you want something that seems like canon material that is a bonus the Will Byers comics is your safest bet. <laughs> I you saying about the red um, and kind of how the Upside Down has kind of become... It, it, I mean, it looks like a massive realm. To mm. me, this is a really weird reference, but Percy Jackson in the Heroes of Olympus series, without going too much into spoilers, some characters end up in Tartarus, which is mm. essentially hell or like a version of hell. And they encounter, like, different monsters and different horrible things while they're in there. And it's, like, this massive, like, scape of stuff. And then also the Shadowhunters books, but then also the TV show kind of does touch upon it, even though the TV show does not hold up against the books. They sort of go into hell as well, and it's a similar kind of, like, landscape. Hmm. So in my head, that's what I think of when we're in the Upside Down. And the fact that the Upside Down is now bigger and they're like riding bikes through the upside down and they're doing all these different things and there's different creatures which definitely seem to be in control like Vecna seems to kind of be in control of these different things it really does make me think is it like an analogy for the devil and hell it does kind of seem like that the I guess if you want to use that analogy Vecna slash Peter slash Henry whatever he goes by these days (laughs) is kind of I don't be like 
a fallen angel. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? That actually yeah. in the lab he's wearing all white and he's got blonde hair and yeah. he, uh, I mean, from my opinion, it was very clear there was something more going on with him just by the way he even <laughs> looks and speaks. Um, mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? There, there was kind of a vibe of like, eh, you're, you're weird. But you kind of switch from that to then looking grotesque and just really uh, and then there's that kind of I can't believe I'm using biblical analogy to describe this show but if you think about it that Brenner no, was I probably agree. I don't want to be like Brenner was very interested in it's almost like he was Brenner's favourite because we clearly see that there is some kind of thing there and if we're going to trust him slightly number one I mean not Brenner um, there was that kind of thing of that Brenner could kind of see that Clearly, his powers couldn't be too much. You know, it was too much, could be controlled slightly. So let's just push him down a bit. And I would also like to give a shout out to me. A shout out to me for this comment, which obviously I wasn't completely right. And it wasn't like 001011, but mm-hmm. kind of the idea of the numbers being essentially to recreate number one I, yeah as soon as that moment happened i was like oh i called it i can't believe i actually kind of called it because that is such a weird Niche thing to note thing. people are also genuinely wondering if he is like l's dad mm. and obviously suspicious minds probably goes out the window now so he could be you saying about brenner though and us being right last episode when i said i bet sam isn't you know i was like he's not brenner but i bet he knows he's alive and i bet he's working with him what was sam doing he knew brenner was alive working with him and people are like i i I just he told l she could leave if she wanted to and then they didn't let her leave the Hmm. second she wanted to leave they didn't let her and i'm not sam owens is not in my good books He's not. He's going to have to do a lot to try and to get out of my bad books because he's, he's very deep in there right now. I'm so sad. <laughs> it, it feels like though there, there's something going on with Sam Owens. It feels like there's something else because also you had that weird reference early on to be like, that's Peter's... Peter's old books. I wrote that down as like episode one. I was like, I literally have scribbled down Peter question mark dash Owens? Exclamation mark, exclamation mark. Is it his son or his wife's son prior to her marrying Owens? And then I put, is Sam trying to protect? Because I thought that was such a weird comment. Mm. I wonder if maybe they had... I don't want to be like they had a child called Peter Ballard that died. Yeah. Or something like that. And... Obviously, everything that was going on with Henry Creel wasn't great, and they saw he was too strong, so they calmed his powers down, so to speak. Yeah, they um, couldn't keep his name as Henry Creel because no. Henry Creel was dead. Yeah, so I wonder if maybe they—I don't want to be like they took him in and tried maybe to. Did. Maybe maybe it's something like that. But I mean, he somehow works at an orderly at the lab again. But maybe it's a thing of I've learnt my lesson, so I'm gonna be a good boy. Um. And I'm gonna gonna help out with the project. Yeah, maybe they like couldn't. Maybe they like adopted him or something. Maybe they couldn't biologically have children, so they were like, "We will look after him." Yeah, and then he kind of got to an age where he was, yeah, he wanted to go back and do the work and so If his if his dad, if if you know, if um, Owens works in the lab and part of these studies, then you know why not? I 
yeah, it, it could genuinely be. I just feel like as a throwaway name, they wouldn't just say Peter. Yeah, there was, a, there was felt like there was too many people called Peter at one point. Yeah. Like, Why do we keep using the name called Peter? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know, maybe if it was to throw you off. Maybe. I did think that. Yeah. I did wonder that. But While we're on the subject of Peter... Should we yes. just talk about the twist in that? Because I think, as I said, it was yes. pretty obvious. I think it was pretty obvious to anyone. Well, for me personally, that Peter Ballard or the friendly orderly, because we actually never got given his name, which was interesting. You only heard it when it was over the speaker that you heard the name Peter said. Yeah. After that, you, you, you never really find out actually who, it, you know, that his name yeah. is Peter Ballard. Um, you just know that Peter Ballard was paid by Jamie Campbell Ballard because that is in the character description yeah. yeah exactly even the number one thing i think mm-hmm. you saw that coming from a mile away yeah, especially when definitely. he's sitting next to al was like oh i used to know a child like you and puts yeah. it into number one if you had uh-huh. no suspicions at that point i feel like that did something so when you had that switch and he got the wrist out and you know it was like number one and l expected and especially the killing spree kind of expected that and yeah. there was, you can't say jamie campbell Bower does not play a good villain he was because, very good yeah the thing that oh, i'm so annoyed i did not get especially when i was so close in the <laughs> prediction in the predictions thing was he's henry krill and yeah. i think it's one of those things that, that you look at it good. now and it is so obvious yeah like, it is so obvious, because of course he's Henry Krill, because mysteriously he's in a coma. Yeah. Randomly he's in a coma. And actually, if you even if you look at his expressions throughout the whole sequences, the mum mm-hmm. and the daughter are very alarmed, but he's always got kind of got this weird sense of... Stoic face. Yeah. And just things like that, and the way they describe him as he's a, he was a sensitive child. And I think that, that should be that should be a clue for anyone. <laughs> um, really that something is going on there but I didn't see that twist coming and I'm so glad that I mean because a lot of things kind of got out about yeah. season four well volume one anyway and I'm so glad that that particular thing didn't get out I agree it was such just a watching it moment of like oh my god yeah 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 that was the thing that surprised me more than anything apart from maybe the upside down being stuck in the past yeah that's really interesting i definitely want to know more about that specifically the day that will went missing and l kind of reopened it and stuff that's that's an interesting one um but no i i agree yeah especially because technically she's already opened the gate before when she yeah. i mean i don't quite know what she did to him really she she pulled no. a demogorgon on him and just <laughs> ripped him apart did she make him a gate kind of i guess so is he the gate to the upside down <laughs> no oh my god she made him the gate and that's the gate that's in the lab every time someone like that's the big gate that's been in the lab the whole time uh... the first gate that she creates and puts him in because they say that there's a gate where everyone dies right dies so that's why there's one in the water. That's why there's one in different places. So she made that first gate in the lab and then that big gate in the lab where her and Hopper in season two go in and it's all boarded up. That's the gate. Because there, is there a rainbow room in season one when they're walking through? There's not, is there? No. It, it goes to a lift. So they shut that room off because it's got the gate. 
I made it go kind of yeah. down. Yeah. That's I mean, the we gate. Might, we might have missed it somewhere, but... So why isn't that stuck at that time then? Why why is it when it was reopened? Unless it is a thing of... I don't know, did Elwood create the Upside Down? I, I don't really know what's going on with it. I'm, I'm not... I haven't quite fully formatted no. that in my head, but it's a very specific time. I don't know if it's because it was a recontact. Yeah. But then it was a recontact with the Demogorgon. But then I'm also going to assume then that... Brenner knows a lot more about that than he does because also Sam Owens makes that comment about him picking that specific time to yeah. refresh her about what's going on. The so, fact that Brenner's able to be like his memories is very interesting. So when he sees a demogorgon then and knows that she's found something there, does he think that actually that is number one that she has found? again then rather than being a demogorgon so when he the demogorgon turns around kind of screams in her face is a thing of literally like no no that's not number one and it's just gone completely out of there because maybe once henry is in there that could be why these creatures are under his control which is which is interesting but I do want to know, yeah, what Brenner knows and how he's able to flip back to these memories. And also, is that the Chamber of Secrets slash Holcrest thing that the thing is stuck in 1983 the same way that that memory of Tom Riddle was stuck in that specific year and Tom Riddle looked like that? I've had many different things about what this Chamber of Secrets thing is. I wonder if it is the Henry situation and that whole scene actually when obviously Tom Riddle kind of explains what's been going on that was very chamber of secrets of him being like i had this childhood i did this i had that yeah and there was a part where they're like what if it's will's painting because it's like the diary that keeps on him and then i don't know that was my only other thing nancy's diary was stuck yeah nancy's diary as well so is it a thing does she try and i don't know does she try and write in it maybe and I don't know. There's a lot of options of what it could be. I, but yeah, my initial thought was it's the Henry Creel mm-hmm. reveal is the Chamber yeah. of Secrets moment, and I think that makes sense because it was literally I am like Peter Ballard changed to I am Henry Creel. You know what I mean? It, <laughs> it it had that kind of real moment about it. Yeah, and it's kind of like the memories and showing Elle and stuff that is kind of like the pensive or literally the diary when she's writing in it and then she's going in Mm -hmm. that was just done so well like that's kind of why the second we found out jamie camelbarrow was in it that's kind of why i was like don't trust peter bella because he plays a villain so well Mm. like i think the only time i've seen him not be a villain was when he was jace in the mortal instruments Everything else I've seen him and he was a villain. He does it so well. So the second they were like, Peter Ballard, I was like, don't trust that man. But I didn't guess to the point of like him being, we kind of, we, we've we had discussions before about is he number one? Yeah. But we didn't think about Vecna and we didn't think about, not until like you more recently and nowhere in my brain did I think Henry Creel. <laughs> No, that was the thing. I think I could kind of guess that Vecna is going to be number one. I think actually yeah. on social media, on Instagram specifically, we, we made a post. It was like, is Vecna number one? Yeah. Um, so but the Henry Creel thing kind of t- came out of nowhere. Speaking of that, did Jamie Cabelbauer, was he in Vendant Like Beckham? 
I don't know. I need to Google this now. So, because I, I don't think he played a... If he was, I don't think he played a villain in Bandit Line Beckham. <laughs> no, he wasn't in it. Was he, he was. He was in the musical. He was in the musical oh, the version musical. of Bandit Line Beckham. Weirdly, Jonathan Rhys Myers was in Bandit Like Beckham, and he is also in the Mortal Instruments. He plays um, Jonathan Morgenstern. Is Stranger Things Bandit Like Beckham? <laughs> it's the multiverse. That's a niche memory to have. It is. I'm a bit annoyed that that's the reason I remember him from Bandit Like Beckham, the musical. A musical I haven't even seen. I remember him as uh, Caius from the Volturi, who is also evil. And obviously, obviously, Grindelwald. Um, well, yeah, yeah. He was obviously that as well, but Jim Carrey Bauer, Bennett like Beckham. There, I think there, there were we some go. videos online if anyone's interested. <laughs> he is very good at music as well. Like he is, he's a very good singer. I, I used to listen to his music. Evidently quite a lot. from Bennett like Beckham the musical. <laughs> um, he he did that so well. That was that was brilliant. But yeah, Sam Owens is not in my good books right now. Oh yeah, we were talking about that. <laughs> we were, um, and I also kind of hope that L blows that whole place up i think she's going to because i think yeah. there is a clip that was obviously in the the trailer and also mm-hmm. in the season two teaser when there is a massive explosion and also a video that noah shared again where they're all in the truck and they're screaming and you hear mike like there she is there she is and it's all going on like that so i think i think she's going to do something to that and I think it's going to be an old thing of Elle's going to pretend to really trust Brenna because she doesn't you can tell she doesn't no she's being too nice and, and I get that there is always going to be that connection in a sense because he is he's helping her in a sense but at the same time, you're kind of like, is this for his own gain or is he genuinely want to help? And I think that's something that Sam Owen seems to be doing in a sense of for the he's betrayed, but for the greater good. Yeah. Because we know he's not on the side of the government that are currently trying to find her. Yeah. That's the thing. And he has helped them all out. He helped out with Will. He yeah. has given her a home and all that. Kind of, he's basically made it so that she's effectively dead yeah. in the eyes of anyone. So he's helped in that sense. And I I don't feel like Sam Owens would get Brenner involved unless he really, really had to. Because let's be honest as well, though, no one knows what those numbers can do apart from Brenner. And I think it, that you kind of see that also in season two when Hop, where he is on the stairs and Hopper says to him, um, this is Elle. Here's a little bit about what's going on with that. And yeah. y- you know what I mean? So I, he's not in the good books. But I, I think with him, it is a greater good situation. But with Brenna, it's kind of like, I'm going to make you think it's for the greater good. Yeah. But I'm only doing this because actually, because you need me. Yeah. Um, I also just, Hopper is Elle's dad. He can, oh, yeah. Brenna can call himself Papa all he wants. Mm. I will fight the man. That scene felt so awkward. Just like the Papa daughter thing. And I don't know if it is because... <laughs> Millie is obviously older, so it yeah. kind of just gives weird vibes. Yeah, but I don't. You you know what I mean. It it just kind of comes across as a bit, uh, um, which is probably what they're going for. Yeah, to be honest. 
And I've actually seen a lot of people saying this in regards to the number one thing as well, that we're seeing a lot of those flashbacks, obviously with using an older yeah. L, that we're seeing this with 15-year-old L, and I think he's in his 30, early 30s, yeah. year old number one. But actually this was happening between 30-year-old and... She was nine. Yeah, at a, at a maximum. So... You know what I mean? A lot of it is she's had a lot of people using her because she's had they can. a lot of adults really, really manipulate her in lots of different ways. And the majority of those adults were adult men. And people aren't talking about the way that she has been manipulated. And with that, I'm not. No, I honestly want her to blow that place up flatten it to the ground and take Brenna with it because absolutely not Hmm. speaking of Elle's dad though Russia I text you and I was like I'm kind of here on the like Russia defense squad I I Russia gave me some of the scenes where I felt so much like I think we really needed to see that side of Hopper and also kind of the reviews that were like it was really boring because he was like really miserable and I was like wouldn't you be like he's been broken down and tortured that elephant mask was horrible yeah and I think the thing with that is like those are that is like war torture isn't it like people are those those methods were used and I hate to think about the fact they probably are still used Mm. in different ways and like there are ways that you know, spies and different people from different countries with wars were captured and the way that they were told, like, you know, the way they were treated. And and that was horrible. And most of the scenes in Russia, you know, with his foot, I had to look away for like... Oh, yeah, I couldn't look I away. couldn't watch that. And I think people are kind of really overlooking the, the way that that was and kind of... Obviously, we see the Demogorgon at the end and he fights the Demogorgon, but the majority of the Russia stuff was human villains Mm. and very much based on real war torture and Mm. real war kidnapping and the way that they were so i i was really moved by that like the the first time i cried watching the season was when he says i am not cursed i am the curse that was the first time that I genuinely like cried watching the show because I just thought he really believes that. Like he has been really, really broken down to the point where like that is where his mind is at. And he thinks these things and kind of all the worst parts of his life are so at the forefront of his mind because of the way that he's being treated. And I think a lot of the reviews, yes, it was a slower part of the the show. And yes, it wasn't as like, necessarily as action-packed as the Hawkins stuff or even the California kind of comedy van stuff, you know, like, definitely not. But I feel like the reviews saying it was boring because he was miserable were really doing his character and the way that his character was taken this season a disservice. Yeah, I I wasn't mad at the Russian stuff. I agree to a point where I think it could have been cut down and it's, yeah, I know. What I you think mean. there were parts of the Russia stuff that I thought we we can cover this in other ways, and there are a few things I don't exactly buy. 
Um, for example, him surviving that by hiding when we know that everyone in that room was disintegrated. Yes. That, yeah, that uh, was really interesting to me. I was like, how how did yeah. he just climb up afterwards? Yeah, there are parts that then I'm like, mm, yeah, I, I, I'm not quite believing that. But I think, yeah, I, I wasn't as angry at the Russia plot as I thought I was going to be. I do kind of wish that we spent a bit more time in Hoffa's mind because we only really got that, the reveal about him, so to speak, that he kind of knew that their child wasn't going to be healthy um, later on. And I feel like, to me, it felt a little bit throwaway. And I think that is because we saw a lot of him working the railroads which i said yeah. I, I was and i feel bad i was making it as a bit of a joke to yeah. be able to just working the railroads that's exactly what he was doing yeah. i think we spent a lot of time in doing that a lot of him not even trying to get out but just you know what i mean we saw a lot of that kind of stuff i thought it, it felt like it almost didn't quite have the payoff yeah i think that that's more what it was so i think i would have wanted a bit more of that or at least don't tell me that story in and then kind of was it episode six or seven, one one of uh, those no, two. No, it was a bit before. Oh, whenever it was, you know, I I felt like it came a little bit too late, and it didn't quite have that emotional impact. At the same time, though, I was meant to be getting on a plane um, <laughs> that day, so that might be doing it as well. Because all I kept thinking was, I need to get this done because I might not survive. Um, I, I don't <laughs> do planes, um, but um, you, you know what I mean. I, it felt. Yeah. It felt, I don't want to say, it didn't feel, it wasn't throwaway, but it felt like if you didn't quite get the implications of what he was saying, then... It wouldn't have had as much of an impact. Yeah, I, I think yeah. that's more what it is. It Yeah, that bit for me was, and then it did sort of feel like it kind of, like I said, it was the, it was the first away. time I, first time I cried, and then they kind of forgot about it. Yeah, I one scene though that was really moving was when he was offering like the bread to break the thing that was like heartbreaking because that was like pure desperation and like mm. I, I it was just the way that but I I did enjoy in the later episodes the way that he kind of got that Hopper fire back yeah I and liked then that, the yeah. the Joyce and Hopper reunion when he kind of looks at her in shock and I was like oh my god is he gonna think he doesn't deserve this or he doesn't feel that same way anymore because he was kind of just so sh- like shocked. And then when he just looks at her and then pulls her back in and then he smiles and I was just like, yeah. there it is. I didn't um, think we were going to get that this volume. Me neither. Me neither. No. But we did. And we're known it makes perfect sense. <laughs> it makes perfect sense now having watched seasons like, yeah, okay, well, half the season that it happens then. But yeah. Winona and Brett Galman did that whole Joyce Murray stuff so well. Like, I think that's like one of the things that is quite new to see a role of Winona doing. Like she doesn't, do you know what I mean? Like if you look at her history, like she's done lots of things, but that was very kind of like new for her character. And I think she doesn't really do comedy. And there was a lot of comedy elements in it. There was. And she said about how um, Joyce doesn't know what's coming next. So it was fun to film. And I was like, that, that was, and it really came across. and, And I really loved the way that they did that. And then just the emotion on her face when... She sees Hopper again. Even even when she sees him in the arena with the Demogorgon, the mm. way her eyes just change yeah. was just brilliant. No, brilliant. definitely, I agree. 
And it was really actually nice to see. But there's one thing that does not make sense for Murray's character. Why on earth would he drink that coffee? Because as soon as they said about the coffee in the show, I thought yeah. there was something iffy with that. I wouldn't have drunk that. And you mean to tell me that Murray, Murray, who made her cool while having this whole setup within her own house, yeah. would drink that coffee from random Russian man that he or random Alaskan man, I, I don't really know, um, that he doesn't know. Absolutely yeah. not. I Yeah, I agree. I think that was the one. Also, him getting to California with all of that technology, how? How did he get through security? How? There was a lot of technology in this season. The Susie stuff was hilarious. Like the way I the, wasn't the mad door... at the Susie thing. I no. thought I was going to be annoyed. But... Yeah, the way the door opened. <laughs> that, that gave me a laugh. There were like quite a few genuine like belly laughs this season like i mm. i found some stuff really funny joyce with the bucket sent mm. me over the edge honestly yeah for me it was funnier than season three and i, feel I like agree season three was trying to be funny and this season was natural four comedy yeah, that, yeah that's the thing i thought and there was a lot of lines like dustin i i forgot how much i actually enjoyed dustin and steve yeah agreed. not even necessary as a pairing because there was also like a reference to that where steve was like why am i always paired with you and i thought yeah. you know what yeah. yeah, but I think you see a lot of people, there's been a lot of people moaning about Dustin and Steve online recently. And I think actually seeing them, it's like, no, yeah, I remember yeah. I like your characters. You're good. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And I really liked the way that, um, yeah, just the sort of the way that the humour came across and it just felt really natural and really kind of like back and forth rather than like forced sort of comedy um i also really liked the fact that people were kind of saying to steve about dating robin and why wasn't he dating robin and he didn't out robin no. that's just a little small detail I, I appreciated the fact that they they did it like that and that he was very much keeping that to him to himself and not outing her i was like do you know what that's a real like you can really see within his character as to the the growth and stuff of his character. I, I thought that was really good. I don't quite know why they're trying to push Steve and Nancy. Yeah, like I feel like we're forgetting Nancy has a boyfriend, and like yeah. even though she's a bit annoyed at him, let's let's not encourage <laughs> one. I do wonder if it is going to be a thing where people are like oh no you, you like each other right you, you, you do like each other i think it's going to get into their heads and it'll be a thing of do yeah. we and then it'll be a resolve no to be a thing of no yeah I, I, we actually we don't we're, we're good as yeah. friends because i do want to see steve and nancy as friends i, I don't want to see yeah no i agree you know and i think we will see the nancy and jonathan reunion and then it will be okay yeah you know when, when will Byers dies uh no he's not dying he's not dying um <laughs> Obviously, stand out for this season, the whole Mac stuff. Mm. We just need to talk about that before we wrap this up. But brilliant. Sadie Sink was brilliant. The way they did all of that with the letters, with the way that she was acting, the way that they explored grief was brilliant. The discussion between her and Lucas, when she says about how she kind of pulled away and he was like, I just wasn't looking far enough. Yeah, like, Lucas and Max this season. Brilliant. The standout relationship. <laughs> let's be yes. honest that absolutely the way the whole way that was done i thought you know what? yeah and i like i like the way that they had that discussion because i think when someone that you care about is dealing mm -hmm. with their mental health i think 
you know, people can pull away and there can be things with that. But I think it, it's sort of almost that thing of, yes, they pulled away and you can't control what people are doing. And he mm. had no say in the fact that she pulled away because of her grief and how she was feeling. But then also he's saying that he could have done a bit more and he could have reached out more. And I liked the way they kind of had that mm. balance of this is what you have to do when someone or what people, a lot of people do when someone is dealing with something like that. So I, I just felt that was done really well. But obviously when we do our Dear Billy episode, um, when we do the episode by episode um, ones, then we can go more into it. But brilliant and um, haven't stopped listening to Kate Bush since the show. Yeah, and obviously Robin and Nancy as well. The team up I didn't know I needed. But I needed it. Yeah, and here they are. It, it makes perfect sense. I, th- I like the moments of seeing them kind of not really, not not getting along, but you can see Nancy like, oh, you're shy. Yeah. And yeah. then that kind of switch of, actually, no, you're right. And the whole thing there, Robin's whole speech would have been like, in 1978, yeah. I went here <laughs> and I, I realised like what I wanted to do. And I think just the whole thing there just really, really worked. And yeah, but just, like, what, like, just such a double act. And even Eddie, I had my reservations my, when we saw the little... Teaser yeah, thing. but he was um, good. He won me over. He did, and I as think as did Argyle. Were you worried about Argyle? I wasn't worried about Argyle, but he he was great. I've seen a lot of Argyle complaints, but I I thought he was great. I the bit with him and Jonathan when they were hitting the the things into the cars. Hmm. I really loved that scene, and I loved the way that Jonathan obviously does trust Argyle, and even though he's funny and high most of the time, um, I I really do like the way that he is kind of like. Jonathan is my friend and he's like unwaveringly his friend. I I I like him. Yeah. His reaction to the whole like reveal thing when Mike, Will and Jonathan are just digging a grave for the body. <laughs> yeah. like, we d- what is going on? And they're like, This is wrong. Yeah. I thought it just makes perfect sense. And they're just like, Yeah, we're standard yeah. day, room. let's hide a body. Yeah. And I think you know, just like moments like that, the yeah. Yeah, it, it just really worked. And obviously, I don't think we've really spoken about it, but Elle's arc especially, I think... Elle's arc's an interesting one for me. Yeah. I would have liked to see more of her without the powers and discovering uh-huh. what she is, or mm-hmm. who she is, rather, and discovering who she is without the powers. And I feel like... I don't know if it's because we're running out of time and we need to kind of get things moving, but I wish we kind of saw her discover that yeah. a little bit more I, and i'm guessing it's gonna be a volume two or a season five thing when you're gonna have mike kind of be like but i i, I loved you before the powers too and you don't need them i i imagine that's how it's gonna be going but it's kind of set up at the moment where Elle's like i i need my powers because that's who i am so I, I wish we did have a little bit yeah, more and you only like me yeah. for them so i do wish we had a bit more of that i think the parallels as well between the bullies in the lab and the bullies yeah. at school actually make it was like a perfect sense thing and seeing especially in episode seven and the way and why she was reacting in certain ways in the roller rink and i think and yeah. also the what have you done parallel when mike's yeah. like what what on earth what happened that flash that was really before she even Im- imagined that yeah i was like that's a that's a thing for that yeah, that was an interesting thing. And also then that makes sense where he's like, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? And her reaction there. That's, yeah. yeah, There's just a lot of things that kind of tie up 
yeah, yeah, now, yeah. Which... and the way that trauma is done, which is yeah. really good. Exactly. Um, but yeah, no, we were talking about Eddie. Eddie's great. We loved Eddie. The scene with him and Chrissy in the woods was really cute. I really yeah. liked that. And I like, know. And just Eddie's general reactions when he's on the walkie-talkie, like, is just anyone going to answer me anymore? Yeah. Because I am in trouble and <laughs> yeah, just all that, all that thing going on. I, um, I don't feel like he's going to be around for no. long. But it was nice to have him at least for <laughs> volume one. Yeah, exactly. I think the guitar is going to be a... Uh, sacrifice yeah guitar makes a lot more sense to me now i'm guessing that's gonna be he's gonna be playing some music yeah to either yeah try and get him out or try and think not necessarily put a stop to something but it's gonna be that sort of reference he's playing should i stay or should i go don't don't (laughs) no don't do that i'm i have the i have the fear (laughs) no don't no I, I refuse to believe that's what it is. I, I'm i not even thinking these things at the moment. No. Okay. So, yeah, that that's, that's our initial thoughts of season four, volume one of Stranger Things. And just want July 1st now, to be honest. Yeah. If that can hurry up, that'll be, that'll be great. That'd be nice. Uh, let us know your opinions on things. But if you want to listen to us talk about things... And discuss things that, in hindsight, look really good for us. Like, is El the Nina project? Um, <laughs> oh my god, yeah. We, we'll dive into that. We didn't talk about that, but El was pretty much the Nina project. We did a whole episode on that. And we were we were almost pretty spot on. Like, genuinely, that was... Someone actually sent us a message on Instagram, like, El was the Nina project! <laughs> we were like, yeah. yes! Yeah, I was like, I can't put your response up on line right now keeping it spoiler free but we were very surprised ourselves <laughs> so if you listen to that it's actually quite a funny episode and listening in it hindsight we, we listened back little clips recently or just before this to like how how close were we actually and yeah um so if you want to hear things like that we're pretty much wherever you can find a podcast you will find us type us in into google and we probably come up or you can find us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Hawkins Podcast, or YouTube and Tumblr at Hawkins Do You Copy, and at some point at HawkinsDoYouCopy.com. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Hawkins Do You Copy podcast. We will see you next time. Over and out.